This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right. See, my son doesn't wake up. All right. Go. Well, you just have to deal with it. All right. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris List from Rotowire, and I'm talking to Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. And, you know, the average listener has no idea what we've put ourselves through to get this podcast going. Yeah, this is our third try, and it's actually been more than 90 minutes, and I don't even want to get into it. You say we're going to start over, but that's going to, I'm going to feel silly repeating myself for third or fourth time. So what do you want to talk about, List? What's, what's going on? What, what's, go ahead and rant for a while. Let's make this a short and sweet one. What's up, dude? Well, first off, the shit you were saying before was totally worthless, so you shouldn't feel bad about losing that forever. That should go into the dustbin of history of never having been said. So you should be glad about that. The only time you were less effective as a podcast co-host was that time you were totally wasted, and I, I never even published it. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I don't believe that to be true. And I like how you're trying to make up these falsities when you're the one that is taking two hours of my time this afternoon. And uh, you're right, though. You did probably save my marriage, at least, uh, uh, by the, the, the past podcast not recording. But um, That was like any- two years ago, but still. It, it, nonetheless, nonetheless, yeah. you should just be a more grateful human being and not the bitter douchebag that you actually are. Okay, yeah. I meant this one right here, you say my marriage, but the past one that you're still making up, that's fine. We yeah, can go with that. So fine. what do you want to talk about, dude? Uh, I, well, um, I complained about my uh, season-long $1,500 entry fee league, Roto-Wire. Uh, I have Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Sano, Adrian Beltre, Yasiel Puig, Clayton Kershaw, DJ LeMahieu, seven guys in the DL, my first whatever, 15, 20-round picks. And I'm just uh, frustrated, uh, a big money league a month into the year, just really down and really into DFS these days. And you went on a strikeout rant, so just go ahead and continue. Uh, we'll act like this has uh, never been – I've never heard this before. Yeah, no, all right. Now, I don't have that much to say. I'm just saying I'm You're frustrated. Right. I'm not being told a nutless monkey and complaining, but I'm just frustrated. There's a lot of strikeouts in baseball, and, and now if you didn't get a ton of strikeouts, it was kind of like home runs last year you're really screwed because there's inflation. So inflation is like, okay, well, you can get them. They're out there, but they're worth less than they used to be. Each strikeout is worth less. And you think, okay, so let's not emphasize that they're worth less. But no, because you can't just abandon the category, you must compete. And the bar to compete in strikeouts has gotten so high. First off, just from guys like Garrett Cole. I mean, Garrett Cole, if you like Garrett Cole, that's great. Good for you. But there's no way you thought he was going to be like in the stratospheric level of strikeouts and it is just skewing things. And then all these kind of random guys like Trevor Cahill, he just went on the DL, but he gets like 12 strikeouts the other day. Like double-digit strikeouts are becoming normal. And 
So that's great, but if you just kind of strike out and miss, not, no pun intended, if you miss a couple of those guys and you don't have one of the Garrett Coles or Verlanders or, Craig Mor- um, or Charlie Mortons, I keep saying Craig Morton. You know who Craig Morton was? It's before your time. No. He was the quarterback of the Broncos and Colts. No, Cowboys. Broncos and Cowboys in the 70s uh, in the Super Bowl. Anyway, if you, if you don't have some of those like crazy guys who exceeded their strikeout projections and you just haven't picked up the Joey Lucases or the Cahills now on the deal, as I said, but like just gotten a couple of those, you slip way behind, throwing a couple injuries, and it's tough. So it's been a little frustrating, but I feel pretty good that at least in the strikeout category, it's, it's the easiest category to make up ground in, I think, of all 10 categories. Yeah, so you would not have changed your draft st- strategy now that you know that this, you know, the K percentage is up this year in today's environment. I, I might have, have taken back. one extra pitcher. I, I took three pitchers from rounds two through four, so I went pitching heavy. But I mm-hmm. might have taken one extra one. But, of course, like, you know, if you got Garrett Cole, well, then of course you would take Garrett Cole if you could do it over again. If you take uh, James Paxton if you could do it over again. You would not take... You wouldn't target Lucas Giolito like no. I did later drafts. Well, I'm thinking you about like that five through ten round area that I never like pick pitchers really. I mean, yeah. if you got Dallas Keuchel who's okay or Kyle Hendricks or something, you wouldn't have just got one of those low strikeout guys. There's right. no point. So obviously, if I knew which ones to get, I would I would have got one of them that's blowing up. But you know, you could have got Luis Castillo instead, who's not doing well. I wish I got Blake Snell instead of. Yeah. You know, Aaron Sanchez or whatever, you know, I mean, there's, there's a million guys like that, that, you know, Patrick Corbin, not, you know, Michael Waka. I mean, whatever, but it's, you know, it's obviously easy to pick up the players that are doing amazing and be like, Oh, I would have just gotten those guys. But yeah. overall, not so much. I just think that it's going to be a slog, but it is the easiest category to make up for because two start starters are a thing and every pitcher gets some strikeouts. So it's like, if you get a guy with two starts, and he doesn't get totally bombed out in the first inning, like it pulls a Dylan Bundy, then you're going to get like 10 strikeouts on the week from that pitcher, which is going to be better than, well, in these days, maybe not, but for most one-star pitchers. And you can do that on purpose. And the fact that when people quit in like, you know, July, August, because their team's in 12th place, and they're not aggressively, you know, setting new lineups and taking out their DL guys, you can pass a lot of teams in strikeouts. So I'd say it's one of the easier categories to make up ground with. It's just frustrating that there's such strikeout inflation that if I'm behind the eight ball, even if I can acquire strikeouts, they're just not, it's harder to catch up than it would be in a normal year. Right. Yeah. So glad that I uh, ended up with Kershaw on so many of my teams. I just, I wanted to go pitching heavy, but I didn't have a total preference. I would have been plenty happy with Scherzer or, or sale, but I just happened, happened to get top three pick in like all the big money leagues. And there it goes. So loaded with Scherzer in, in those leagues instead of Kershaw right now. Yeah, I would have been. Yeah, I wish. Uh, I mean, I just and I thought about it, too, just to change my portfolio, just to diversify because I thought they were close. And I'm like, no, if I think it's the best, I should go that way. And it, it was dumb of me. And it's very frustrating. It's great. We're barely six weeks into the year. And here I am talking to you about DFS. So it's uh, and you so were trying to mock me. You were trying to say that I switched to DFS last year early. And right. yet the joke's on you. The yeah, joke is on totally you. I'm buried in all, in all the leagues or whatever. I'm just saying all these injuries. It's like, what are you going to do? It's no, just I think so you should move on to DFS. If I were you, I would, I'd move on already. You can do both. We can do both. Do I'm creeping up some of our bets? You used to talk all the trash about friends and family. What, what's going on in that? I'm still ahead of your carcass. Yeah, okay, but, but it's, yeah. uh, no, you know, I had some injuries. I made a trade with P&L, which we talked about, where I gave him Rick Porcello, who's doing well, uh, 
Charlie Villanueva, though, has been garbage, and he's, I mean, he was good for a while, and Christian, now he's like... Christian, yeah, Christian. Christian. Why do I keep, I keep getting, Charlie Villanueva was the basketball player, and I was calling uh, Charlie Morton, Craig right. Morton. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Anyway, uh, Christian Villanueva was hitting a couple home runs, but he cannot play defense. Like, he's making all these errors, and that's a real problem in the NL. You can't DH. So, like, he may lose his job. Like, he's in trouble. Borsell's been good. Byron Buxton is still not back, but, uh, you know, supposedly it's imminent that he comes back. And I want to just crush in that trade, you know, and just get Buxton going off. But we shall see. I, I drafted Jonathan VR as my steals guy, and he's, like, barely playing. So, actually, I kind of need Bus- Buxton, although I did get Dustin Fowler called up today. So, I have him in that league, too. I, I think I'm going to be all right. So, I do think you're, you're in trouble in that league. But you know what else? I'm sorry, in that trade. That trade, sorry. I'm in trouble, I'm in trouble or league. not? I have Kershaw. I, I do think you're going to trouble winning that trade with PNL, but you know what else uh, Villanueva can't do? What's that? That's hit hit righties. Do you know what his OPS is against right-handed uh, right-handers this year? I his, don't know. Five sixty-one. You didn't want to play the game with me. One seventy-six batting average, two eighty-two on base, wow. two seventy-nine slugging versus righties. I mean, hey, they all they all count the same. I get it. Like they, in a way, it's great, just a uh, mixed match. But that is that's kind of eye-opening, right? Right, so he just crushed lefties only. Can't play defense. Can't hit righties. That's not fifteen hundred sixty-two OPS against lefties. Fifteen hundred. So eight of his nine homers in you know a third of his at bats have been against lefties. Right, and of course that's not sustainable. Like obviously nobody's a fifteen hundred OPS against any handedness. At right. best he's like a thousand true OPS against lefties. And, and he's and probably you, better than five sixty-one OPS against righties. But to me that'd be an extreme split that I'd be worried about a bit if I was hoping that breakout to continue. You'd you'd take his side of the trade. Porcello's been really good. Like the the control right. has been amazing. But I mean Buxton is going to be back ostensibly this week. Uh-oh. Maybe it's just because I own a lot of Buxton too, and I'm so down on all my guys. I just am so pessimistic on him. But no, it's, obviously there's a lot of season left, so you could. I mean, and it's going away, but it turns into a flat tire. But but Porcello I mean, certainly. Buxton is like. You know, he he could be like a first round pick the rest of the year, and he's right. like a crazy upside. I still That's believe. True. Sure, why not? Why so, not? Yeah, I'm still no, happy I got with you. the trade. I mean, obviously, so far it has not been worth it, but I I still stand by it. We'll see what actually happens. I have Kershaw in that league as well, so uh, awesome. So some more more good yeah. news. Oh, oh, and I have Ozuna in that league. Let's not forget uh, that, that one too. That's oh, another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. good times. So uh, yeah. So. Just uh, that's not great either. And um, yeah, so just bitching about our fantasy baseball teams. I think you talked something about football and you and you also brought up some some. uh Oh, what are we seeing? No, I'm just moving my uh, my computer. Um, You also talked about you had some tax issues, Liz. Yeah, this is really stressful, actually. So basically what happened is because I, I live in Portugal in 2017, I was able to take this deduction that that Heather's friend told me about. She was I won't get into it, but this is the friend that asked if she could stay a couple days and then Heather said, yeah, you can stay a couple days and then booked a six day trip before Heather, you know, like locked it in before Heather gave her permission. And she was all right. She was a pretty decent guest, but it was extremely annoying that she did that. That's like not, that's bad form. Anyway, she told me, cause she used to live in Argentina that her husband had taken this exclusion where basically you can deduct like your entire first, if you, you know, up to hundred K of income is just totally tax free. Because I guess the idea is that you're not using like the fire department or the police or the schools or the infrastructure. So great. So I, you know, consulted an accountant. He said, yeah, you, you qualify. You, you live here. Your, your daughter goes to school here. Your apartment's here. All the work you do is done in this country, even though it's for a U.S. company. It's done in this country. So I take this deduction. Sweet. I get all this money back because, you know, my, they take taxes out of my paycheck. I get a huge chunk of money back. And I'm like, this is awesome. 
But then it's like, well, you really should pay taxes in Portugal. So we checked that out, and it's sort of like, all right, let's, let's start to at least get on the books. So we're like, all right, at least let's start for 2018, and we'll figure out 2017 if, if, if necessary. But we didn't really have a permanent place here until just this last month. So we start getting on the books, and there's this amazing uh, tax regime here that's like 20% tax. You still have to pay the rest in the U.S., but if you're like a, if you qualify for this special thing, anyway, this is getting kind of boring, but I'm going to speed it up. Anyway, well, to qualify for this thing, we apply, and they're like, no, we need to, we need to get you to get something from the IRS saying that you were in the U.S. last year, because if you were in Portugal last year, you don't qualify. You only qualify if this is your first year as a taxpayer, as a resident of Portugal. And, and it shows, like, we signed up for the residence in 2016, like our first temporary residence. So I'm like, all right, we got to get this fucking thing from the IRS. So the question is, how do I get this thing confirming from the IRS when I just filed with the IRS saying I'm a non-resident to get this right. break? Does that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. What's the solution there? The solution is we're fucked. And the thing is, if you don't get this deal that's 10 years of this tax abatement in Portugal, you're paying 48% tax in Portugal plus Social Security. And there's some, like, write-offs and shit, but it's a, real, it's a real pain in the ass. So we've got to get this fucking thing. Right. So we wrote the IRS. We filled out this form. We're like, hey, listen, we really need this form. And here's we were in the U.S. a few months, and we still have all our ties to the U.S. We're still U.S. residents, so can we have this form to prove to the Portuguese government? But then we had to be like, uh, incidentally, we took this deduction claiming we were uh, non-residents for the purpose of this deduction, but just ignore that, or you know, we'll refile at a penalty and just give the money back if necessary, because this thing in Portugal is so much more important. So basically, right. I got good advice for what to do in the U.S. in a vacuum, but in the context of what we're trying to do, it was fucking horrible advice. Right. And now I'm trying to like unwind this thing, and we just wrote a letter to the IRS, and we just don't know. We just don't the, know if this is going to work. The original advice was goodwill, though, obviously, right? The original advice was goodwill, and it was factual. Like, if, if literally, like, we were already fucked in Portugal, I would just keep this money because I'm entitled to it. But it's way better to not get that deduction and just get this new Portugal thing for a new residence. So, I don't know. This is pretty boring for people, but I'm basically very stressed because we're, like, counting on the IRS to send us this form. And once they send us that form, then we're counting on the Portuguese government to give us an extension for 2017 to file this form and then get in this good tax regime. And then I think I'm going to send back that money anyway to the U.S., even if they give it to me, because I don't want them to come calling two years from now and be like, wait a second, you took this deduction and then you got this form for us. You know, you owe us all this money in interest. So it's totally fucked and it's, uh, it's stressful. That's, that's basically it. Well, good luck with that. I hope it works out. It's always something with you, it seems like. I, no, I don't no, know. No. What, that, shit, that shit is like, you know, you're, you're, honestly, uh, like... You, how the fuck would we know? We, were just, we went to no, Portugal I, being like, we're going to fucking spend a year here, nine months here. So we signed up for this shit. We didn't know what the fuck it was. We got this residency just to not be able to have to leave after three months. Then we decided to live here, and it turns out, oh, shit, we should have done this in the beginning. But how the fuck would we have known that? We, it wasn't even our intention. So it's a little bit like, it's not really, it was, it was a hard thing to, to avoid. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. All right, I got you. 
Um, I had some other shit to throw at you, but I'm going to skip it, save a couple of these till next week. My, my son's going to get up from his nap here soon, and you got this all messed up. Um, Warriors Rockets starting soon. I know you're a big hoops guy. Um, uh, I'm pretty pumped. It's, it's, it's a new thing to not have home court advantage. I'm looking into tickets game three already. Fired up. Rockets favored game one over the dubs. Curry's knees clearly not 100%. I am pretty fired up for that. I'm sure you are not. Um, about the time you post this, I'm sure the Sixers will have already played, but I'm interested. I heard Dre today got me fired up that they they have a chance uh, down three to one, but by the time this airs, almost certainly have been eliminated. A um, couple other things. Uh, the lead singer of one of my favorite groups, Frightened Rabbit, not well known, went missing today, and that was kind of crazy. I tweeted about that. Um, what else? Uh, you want to talk about Mark Ingram? I don't think we recorded that one. We've done so many. I forget. We have a <laughs> you don't remember. You have a Mark Ingram rant that I don't believe was recorded on this one. And then, of course, to close it out, just to be sure, I absolutely want your opinion on the Iran deal, uh, backing out of the Iran so, deal. So Mark Ingram, you know, he gets suspended. And then you have all these takes on Twitter like, OK, check out my site for my new projections for Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. You know, w- what this means for Alvin Kamara coming up on my new fantasy special. It's like, dude, it's fucking obvious what it means. Like, give or take, you know, who knows exactly how many carries they're going to switch. But... Obviously, Kamara gets more work. Some scrub on the Saints gets some role for four weeks before Ingram comes back. Downgrade Ingram. What's really frustrating about fantasy football and the whole coverage around it is there's so much nutless monkey moronic stuff that has to be covered. Like, when we're in fantasy football season, it's my least favorite time to do the XM show because I just want to talk shit. I want to talk about something interesting. And the truth is they want to waiver wire. You want to do, you know, who did well last week? Who to pick up? You know, it's like, yeah, the fucking guy whose starter that he was behind got injured and out for the year, and then he got like 100 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's who you fucking pick up. Oh, that receiver that is like really big and fast that finally got 10 targets and scored twice. Yeah, maybe you want to put in a bid on him. I mean, it's just so obvious. Whereas like baseball, it's a little bit more nuanced. It's like, yeah, pitcher had a good outing, but he wasn't a great prospect. Doesn't throw that hard. His command is okay. What do you do? Right? That to me is, that's interesting. That's a hard call. Football is fucking obvious. And, and I just feel like the interesting part about football is the fact that it's a complex system. A team is a complex system. And analyzing at the system level between offensive coordinators and how it works as a team is what's interesting. But analyzing, like, the fucking obvious is just not interesting. And that's what is everywhere on my feed. And I just feel like people fucking know in 2018 that if Mark Ingram's suspended, that's good for Alvin Kamara. People just know that. You don't have to advertise it like it's like you know, you're going to break this important news. And I don't know why, I don't know. I guess there's nothing they can do. It's just their job to do it. But it just, it just makes me feel like I'm doing something dumb when, when that stuff comes up. No, I, I totally understand. It comes with a job. I like how I obviously was shooing my family out of the way, and you timed it perfectly to drop a perfect F-bomb right, right then when it was clear really? my daughter was in the room quite clearly. But anyway, um, it just goes with the list legend, uh, my wife's opinion uh, of you. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, your family is in such dire straits living with you that there's nothing I can do to make it any worse. Trust me. That's true. I actually know exactly what you're saying that you do feel. It's just like you're insulting people's intelligence, even having to yeah, say that. It, absolutely. It's, and it's just, and just the, the whole fucking song and dance of it. It's like, you know, just be like, yeah, obviously Kamara's going to get more carries, as you know. I mean, that's as, all you got to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I debated him or, or David Johnson if I move him up on my rankings. That, that's the debate I had. But yes, you're right. It's just so, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a total ad lib, a mad lib, really, is what it is. So uh, don't hear what you say about Iran then. Okay, so I don't know shit, right? Like, I'm not like some, I don't, I don't have any special knowledge about this shit. I have no 
particular insight. I just find it interesting. I, I follow a lot of diverse people on Twitter. Like I'm not like Mr. Fucking only follow liberals or only follow right. conservatives. I don't, I'm not like that. I have people who really like Trump. I have people who really hate Trump. I have people who hate both parties, which I would say I fall into that category. But it's just so interesting. Like this one dude who I respect, this guy, uh, Michael Krieger, who I've cited before, he is so sure that this is like the collapse of the U.S. empire. Like we've lost credibility. We made this deal. Now we're reneging on it. Like it, it, there's nobody could ever trust us again. You know, Trump wants war. He's got all these neocon John Bolton freaks um, in his cabinet now, and, and they're going to push for war. We're going to invade Iran at Israel and Saudi Arabia's behest, and we're just like totally nutless monkeying it into destroying the U.S., basically. That's one take. Maybe it's true. I don't doubt it necessarily. The other take that I've seen by some people is, no, look what he did with North Korea. He was so deft about that. Everyone was freaking out. All these nutless monkeys were like, he's going to start a nuclear war. Now the Koreas are like uniting. There's like this peace you know, process going on. And they're saying, no, this is him getting a much better deal. He knows Iran is weak. They're going to cave. And, he, and, and he's going to um, give them an opportunity to save face and have a win-win just like North Korea did and end this crazy Cold War with Iran. And that, that he, he's the only one that can get it done because all these idiotic politicians that are saying, you know, all the Hillary Clintons and all the, you know, Obamas, all the people that have been in charge for the last 15 years, what did we get? We got disasters in Libya. We got the Iraq war. We got disasters in Syria. We got nothing good from all these foreign policy experts who say this is such a disaster. And they're saying, you know, you watch. He's going to get concessions and he's going to get this healed. So I don't know the answer. I, both of them sound perfectly plausible to me. You know, I, I don't think Trump's doing it out of good, you know, motive. I think he's a megalomaniac and he wants to be remembered, but whatever. I mean, whatever the, his motive is not really, I don't really care. I just want it, you know, I would like to not have any more wars. I'd like to have peace with these supposed enemies that we have. I, I really don't know the answer, but I think it's so interesting that some people are acting like we're basically at World War III now, it's over, before anything's yeah. happened. And then other people yeah. are acting like, oh, he's got this, like, this is some controllable thing that he knows, that anybody knows how Iran and the rest of the world is going to respond. They might not respond well at all to this. So I just, I just feel like, let's just see how it plays out, you know, before we get... Maybe it's my, my fault for just because of the people I follow, but I get the same sense as what you said. It's all doom and gloom, and, and of course this is the wrong decision, no matter what. Right. And I am personally just trying to keep an open mind that it's not necessary. Maybe the deal, even though I was an Obama guy, I guess, um, you know, maybe it wasn't the greatest deal. I don't know. I'm trying to keep an open mind is what I'm trying to right. do. That, I, that's, I don't what, know. that's what I'm doing too. It's like, it, I, I, I take the other side of it. It might be a disaster, Right? Might, of course might. it could be. I don't know enough to say it's not. But I just feel like, you know, the people that are so sure that it's such a bad idea and the people who negotiated this deal are the same people that invaded Libya. They're the same people that presided over all these bombings of all these countries in the Middle East for so long. Not that Trump has stopped doing it. He's doing it too. But, like, is it really? Like, they're the ones who are the authorities on, like, how to handle the situation? And I have to say, like, the North Korea thing, we'll see how it actually pans out. That's not a done deal either. But... You had like the Kim Jong Un and and the South Korean leader holding hands on the border. Like, I mean, how crazy was that video? I'm sorry, that's underrated. That video, they're like literally like hopping over, holding yeah. hands. Right. I mean, that, but I that's, mean, whatever. I mean, it's kind of campy, but like at the same time, it's oh, like it's that great. should happen. It's like, it's great. I actually really like. I liked it. I really yeah, enjoyed watching. It's, it. It's, Genuinely, yeah. you have to be such an idiot to be like, "Fuck Trump." I hope they this doesn't work. Like, this is like you know, there's human lives at stake. So like. Yes. Given that that happened for whatever, maybe he just got lucky or, you know, whatever. I just think you do have to keep an open mind. Like maybe he has a plan and it may or may not work, but like 
people don't fucking know. This is the certainty. I have two guys arguing with each other who are both smart, and both of them were totally certain of each of those points of view. And I'm, I'm thinking of both of them. Like, you're so certain Trump has this. You think it's just he can just do this, and he's got it. And the other guy, like, you're so sure we're in World War III, and it's going to fucking destroy the United States. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure what that says of me or in particularly more you, but I came to that same conclusion independently. I, that's how I've decided to, to go about it. So we'll see. But I'm with you, man. Open mind is, is, is where I'm at. Yeah, I'm not taking strikes. I'll say one last thing. Gina Haspel, the CIA torturer who's being confirmed probably by the Senate. I, I saw some of the hearing. That is such a joke. Like, she tortured people. Like, she should be in The Hague being tried for war crimes. I mean, torturing people, they're like, she did what the president told her. And was you know That is not a defense. Like, they tried to use that defense at Nuremberg, the Nazis, and that did not count. I was following orders. is not a defense to uh, committing a, a war crime or an atrocity. Right. And it's just so crazy that they're confirming this person. The whole, like, resist... What the fuck? What about resist this? All those like, I mean, it's just crazy that like anybody would be like, oh no, that's okay. She was doing it in service of her country. Like, it's just one of the craziest things ever that this sociopath, and they're trying to make it like a a female thing. Like, oh, well, if you're against this, like you're just against women. Oh, really? So you guys were for Sarah Palin being president too? You know, it's like, it's not, I I think you got to have a higher standard than just any woman. Be a feminist. That's cool. You know, if you have a qualified, smart woman like Elizabeth Warren, Fine. Let her be president. I'm, I'm happy. I'd be happy about it. Any good, you know, good person, female or male, is fine. I want them to be president and do a good job. But, like, someone who committed torture, really, you're going to pull the feminine card on that shit? Dude, right. that's, just, that's just morally bankrupt. That's, like, bankrupt, bankrupt. So that's the yeah. last thing. No, I mean, obviously, most women would agree with what you're saying. Oh, I mean, of I mean, course. Yeah. I mean, any, any sane woman would be like, yeah. You know, it would be nice yeah. to see a woman in charge, but not some sort of sociopath woman who tortures people. Of course. She tortured course. a pregnant woman. Do you know that? Like, if you read about this shit. No. Like, they t- no, tortured a pregnant woman. I mean, seriously. I'll go read it. I'll read more yeah, about it. It sounds sick. uplifting. It's sick. Yeah. But I bet she gets confirmed. That's my prediction. Because that resistance shit, that's just PR. That's, it's total nutless monkey. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right, man. On that note, I mean, we got yeah, something, bud. We got something. Yeah, we do. Finally, on a third or fourth try, uh, at least, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, what's good here is it finally might have a permanent fix, hopefully here. Well, I actually, the thing that I, I did that I'm not sure if this is what happened, but I, I actually deleted Skype and then I downloaded a new version. So maybe like the, the simple as that, it maybe yeah. got corrupted. I don't know what it was, but this is like sailing now, right? We got no issues. Yeah. Yeah. No, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. anyway, by the way, if people like this podcast, you can uh, comment on iTunes, give it five stars. You can, uh, make fun of Dalton's uh, wax shirt that he thinks is so cool. Uh, Warriors. And, yeah. And uh, I don't know what else. Yeah. Just you know, pass it along if you like the podcast because we want people to listen to it. All right, man. All right. Little list. All right. Talk to you next week. Thanks for sticking. Hang around.